0: Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. I am your host. Very excited once again to be back here talking about how to get you safely through retirement. If you are new to the show and have not yet had the opportunity to go to my website, please do so, RetirementRiskAdvisors.com. Here you will find the resources, the planning tools, everything you need to help you get safely through that longest self-imposed period of unemployment most of us will have in our lifetime. It may be 20 years. It could be 30 years. Heck, it might even be 40 years. It's what we call retirement. Today, it's my opportunity to take the show over. Usually, I have a guest on here that shares great information to help you get safely through retirement, but today is my one time of the month where I get the opportunity of talking about what's on my mind, sharing information that I believe will help you from the research that I've done throughout the month, from seminars maybe I've been on, other books that I've read, all these type of things. It's a great opportunity for me to really try to connect with you on things that I believe are important as we get into your retirement. Today, we are going to be talking about Secure Act 2.0. Now, the real name of this is the Securing a Strong Retirement Act of 2021. Unfortunately, everything did not get completed in 2021. Therefore, it wasn't until March 29th of 2022 that the House of Representatives voted 414 to five. Only five people are against this in favor of the Secure Act 2.0 as all refer to it. And now it's going to the Senate. Many of you are familiar with the original Secure Act. This got passed December 20th, 2019. There were a couple of things that really impacted most of you, a number of changes, uh, some of them many of you would not even be familiar with, but a couple of big ones that the original Secure Act changed. And number one was moving your required minimum distribution age from 70 and a half years old up until age 72, and the other big one that has caught a lot of attention is uh, removing the lifetime distribution tables for RMDs for beneficiaries. They put in a 10-year rule where those uh, retirement assets out of that IRA were going to have to be distributed within a 10-year period for beneficiaries for those kids that were inheriting those, uh, those IRAs. The stretch IRA got taken away. So those were big ones. Uh, Here in this plan, we've got 45 different changes. I don't have time today to go through all 45 changes, nor do many of these things even apply to most of you. Therefore, I've picked the top 10 that I'm going to be covering today, give you a, a snippet of what's gone on inside of this bill and what we might be looking at if the Senate ends up passing this by the end of the year, which many people believe they will. Now, there may be some changes or adjustments to the plan as it currently stands, But we're hoping that we will have Secure Act 2.0 in place by the end of 2022. So if uh, you do have interest in additional information, if you'd like to do some more research, we'll try to include information in the show notes where you can get this. If not, you can search online for a summary of the Securing a Strong Retirement Act of 2021 and get a summary that will go through all 45 items that we don't have time to talk about those other 35. First one we are going to talk about is expanding automatic enrollment in retirement plans. One of the challenges that we have with current retirement plans is people have to opt in. And unfortunately, in our lives, anytime we've got to do extra work, many times things don't seem to happen the way we would like them to. So what they are proposing here is that employees would get automatically enrolled in retirement accounts. They would then have to opt out. They would have to go to the work and the effort to opt themselves out of these plans. The employer would be required to start. With as much as 3%, they could go as high as 10, but they would have to start with 3% being contributed in from the employee's money. This isn't the employer. They would have their match as well, whatever that might be, but it would take 3% out of the employee's funds, put them into the retirement account. And then each year that would be increased by 1% until they got to 10%. So if they started at three, take them seven years to be able to get where they needed to be. If they started at five, five years, or if someone decides to start at 10, they could just stay at 10. But the employee would be able to opt out. They're not locked into this, but it would allow for an environment where hopefully more employees would be able to keep the accounts open. They would uh, not miss this money if it's coming out day one, where they're not missing the money, where many times if uh, they haven't gotten signed up, they then get signed up later. All of a sudden they realize their paycheck's not as big as it used to be and they oftentimes don't like that. So I do think this is a great change, something that could be very helpful to getting more people, putting money into their retirement accounts in an environment where we need more money going in. Unfortunately, America is not saving at the levels that they should be number two increase in age for required minimum distribution date going from even age 72 up to 75 the way this would work uh, starting January 1st 2022 which we've obviously already gone past that date it would increase the date up to 73 so we may have some retroactive adjustments going on here and then for age 74 starting January 1st 2029 that would be the new required minimum distribution date, and then January 1st, 2032, we would go up to 75. Not sure this makes a huge impact when we look at it as something that many people have pushed for. The reality is 40% of America has to take their RMDs regardless because they need the money to live off of. So definitely one that's just helping the wealthy people push the can down the road. Again, if I'm looking at it as a risk advisor, I don't like it because what it's doing is pushing the potential tax burden of these accounts into years where I believe tax could be much higher than they are today. So someone may still want to start taking money out of these accounts earlier doing conversions so they're not subject to that tax rate risk. Number three, index IRA IRA catch-up limit. So if we look at the $1,000 catch-up contribution that you can make once you turn age 50 or older, they're talking about indexing this amount, which would be great. Most things in the government are indexed, especially when we look at tax and investment side. One of the others that has not been is the... Social Security thresholds. They've not been indexed, and unfortunately, it's not looking like they will be anytime soon. But I do think this could be a great thing. $1,000 isn't impacting someone's retirement that much. And even if we index it, it goes up 8%, getting $1,080. Not a huge number, but still, the the higher we can get that amount over time, the better off we're all going to be. Number four, higher catch-up limit to apply to age 62, 63, and 64. Now, I do like this. Uh, It's probably not Long enough, in my opinion. I do believe that it probably should go to age 50. What we have is a number of people that are not saving enough for the retirement. But what they're proposing here for 62, 63, and 64 is that rather than making a $6,500 catch up contribution into your 401k, you would be able to make a $10,000 catch up contribution. And for those simple plans where you're currently able to do a $3,000 catch up contribution, you would then be able to do a $5,000 catch up contribution. Again, I think it's a step in the right direction. It's helping get people maybe in a better position where they can have more money set aside for their retirement, but I still don't think they're doing enough. Three years of an extra few thousand dollars is not going to make a huge impact on someone's long-term retirement. Number five, treatment of student loan payments as elective deferrals for purposes of matching contributions. I do like this one. This is where they're saying, look, if you do not have enough money to contribute to your 401k at work, Go ahead and make your contributions, pay your student loan debt off, have that be your contribution. Your employer then would match that payment. So whatever they were matching, if you had made that payment into your 401k account at work, they would then be making the same match against your student loan payment. Again, I think this is great. Uh, Obviously, student loan debt has been a topic of conversation for many politicians. I I feel like they're approaching the wrong problem. Even here, it's going to help. But really, the issue is, is the sheer cost of education. There's no reason in the world education should cost what it currently does. But I believe it's the government's fault that has allowed this to happen. Once they started offering student loans that were backed by them, it allowed educational institutions charge whatever they wanted for this education and not have to worry about whether they were going to get paid or not because they got their money up front. And then the government ends up chasing these loans for decades, uh, many times, trying to make sure people get them paid back. But we do have an issue. Unfortunately, far too many people have the debt already incurred, and this would be an option to still get some money going into the retirement with them being able to also pay down that student loan debt. Number six, uh, I I brought this one up. This one makes me laugh every time I see it. Uh, Maybe it's because uh, these type of things don't incent me to make much of a change, and to think that this would allow us to change our whole retirement planning is uh, a little comical to me if this is where we really come as a country, but it's to allow small immediate financial incentives. For contributing to a retirement plan. So, what they're saying is you can give a gift away to your employees, something $20, $25, $30 for them contributing into the retirement account. I remember as a child that we had a set of encyclopedias that was about a third of them. And we're always missing various letters inside of there because I guess what happened is the grocery stores would offer these encyclopedias for free if you bought so many groceries. The goal was to have you come back in every month, whatever the case may be, buy a certain level of groceries, and then over a period of time, you'd be able to get all these encyclopedias. Well, my family never bought enough groceries because we raised most of our own food that we were ever able to get the full set of encyclopedias. So we had six or eight of them running around. I always felt like I was shorted because my family also couldn't afford to buy them. Now all that information is on our phones, but uh, that was something they used back then. Remember, my parents also having miscellaneous dish sets that were never complete because the store's. We're doing the same thing with dish sets as well. But this is an option out there that that is being proposed that you would be able to give a small incentive to your employees to help incentivize them to start their retirement. I guess whatever it takes, reality is it's my goal to get people safely to retirement and through it. But in order to do that, obviously, you've got to have money. And if this is what it takes to get people contributing, uh, I guess, let's go for it. Let's get people on that path as soon as we possibly can. Number seven, retirement savings lost and found. This is a great one. They currently do have unclaimed property sites for every state. In fact, I would recommend any of you that are listening that you go to your state's unclaimed property site, or if you've lived in another state or had a business in another state, you go to those as well and search to see what assets you might have available that you didn't realize you had. Maybe it was bank accounts that you forgot you had opened and they ended up turning the assets over to the state. Maybe it was payments that a company had owed to you that you never received because maybe you closed the company down or moved and they didn't have a new address so they got turned over to the state. I know I found thousands of dollars through the various states that I've lived and worked in over the years by searching it on a regular basis. But what they're talking about here is creating a special account across the country just for retirement accounts. And I think this would be awesome. Far too many people leave their employment having uh, not realized the impact that not having information to be given, forwarding address information to be given to their old employer, what impact that would have. I know I bought a company about a decade ago, and when I bought that, we kept getting mail for a couple of employees that uh, were in the retirement plan that we had no idea where they lived, and we were never able to find them. So they had assets available to them that they didn't realize were out there, or themselves didn't know how to get back in contact with the company to be able to get that information so again something that i think needs to be done uh, we do need to make sure that people get access to the money that they've set aside that just because they left the company they moved they did these type of things should be no reason for them not to be able to get access to all of that money over time More than 50% of CPAs will run out of money in retirement and this number is projected to grow because of risks like inflation, increased longevity, and rising healthcare costs. Retirement Risks Advisors has the perfect solution to help CPAs make their money last as long as they do. Learn more by signing up for our flagship webinar, Getting Safely Through Retirement. In this webinar, we share the top 10 financial risks CPAs will face in retirement and what can be done to reduce or eliminate each risk. To get started, visit retirementriskadvisors.com slash safe. Number eight is a simple and SEP Roth IRA option. Currently, if you have a simple plan or a SEP plan, you know that there are no Roth options inside of these. They're talking about changing this, the SEP plan. One of the biggest reasons there is they are all employer contributions. And currently for the employer contribution portion, it cannot be a Roth, but for the simple, it is employee contributions, but yet there's no Roth option available. So they are talking about changing this And I think it's a great thing. Every account should have a Roth option. In fact, it is my belief, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, been on any of my webinars, the tax rates are going to be substantially higher in the future and that we all should be taking advantage of these Roth accounts. That even though it may seem that we're paying Large amounts of taxes now. There have only been four other times in the history of America, going back to 1913, when taxes were first brought about, that taxes have been lower than they are today. And we know that January 1st, 2026, taxes will be going up. And if you've been on any of my presentations where I've talked about 2030, you know, that's the year I'm really looking at. That's when I want to make sure my clients, for those I love, friends, family, they have their Roth conversions done because it's my belief that we will see tax is substantially higher because it's estimated the national debt will be at $60 trillion by that point. We'll have Social Security at 2035 that will be going broke, so it'll need to have changes made. We've got Medicare that will have run out of money, Part A, in 2026. And we've got interest rates that are going up. So we're going to have some cash flow issues that we're definitely going to want to get on top of as a government. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen as quickly as it should. So therefore, we individually need to prepare ourselves and try to get ourselves into a Roth environment where we can pay those taxes right now at historically low rates. Number nine, certain retirement plan catch-up contributions required to be Roth contributions. Another one that I think is great that if you are putting money into a catch-up contribution, you reached age 50, and you're trying to put excess money inside of their, th- those retirement accounts, that being those retirement accounts, that you would have the opportunity and, and even be required to put that money into a, the Roth account. Now, the reason for this is as part of the, this Cure Act 2.0, there's a number of different sections. In fact, there's six different sections, anything from you know, compliance, dealing with the revenue generation, which is what the Roth segment is that we're talking about now we talk about coverage and increased retirement savings all kinds of different aspects of this but this is in the revenue generating that is why they're suggesting that catch-up contributions be required to go into the Roth account again I'm all for it I know even if you're in the highest bracket at 37% it may seem like a lot of money but understand when we look at it, that if taxes do have to go up, and when we look at standard retirements, our gross income, yes, it may be lower, but oftentimes our taxable income's higher because we've lost deductions, that it may be a great thing for us. So once we get that burden off, we don't have to worry about it either. We can know that our money's our money. Whatever's there, we can spend, and we don't have to worry about our business partner ending up taking whatever portion of that they decide to take as we get to a point where these taxes have to go up. The 10th one here, optional treatment of employer matching contributions is Roth contributions. So this is another one that, that I really like, and that is having the Employer contributions now be available to be treated as Roth contributions, where they would be able to grow tax free, be able to get distributed out tax free. They haven't put in detail what that may look like because obviously there's going to be a tax burden that's going to have to be paid for those contributions going into there. I I assume the employee will probably have to be the one eating that cost. Maybe not. Maybe they'll structure it where it will be an additional benefit that will be covered by the employer. But I do like this anything that's got the name Roth attached all of you should like if you're looking to get to a safe and secure retirement because it's not just about taking tax rate risk off the table many times it's allowing us to put products And investment tools inside of these tax-free accounts that will allow us to eliminate many of the other risks we're dealing with as well, whether it be sequence or return risk, longevity risk, withdrawal rate risk, any of these things that that I talk about on a regular basis. Those are the top 10. Again, I, I mentioned 35 other changes that I did not cover. If you want to get that information, either look in the show notes or go online and search a summary of securing a strong retirement act of 2021. I do hope that it gets put in place before the end of the year. It looks like this year it's going to happen. We thought it was going to happen last year, and then too many other things got in the way with Build Back Better and the challenges they were having trying to get it passed. Hopefully, this year the Senate will be able to take this up, get it implemented, even if there are some changes. Many of the things here are designed to help us get to a better place in our retirement, and we need to do it. Those of you that listen to the show know the biggest concern facing retirees is they're going to run out of money before they run out of retirement. That's 68% of retirees have this worry. And the problem, unlike most things that we worry about in our lives that never happen, this one is happening. Over 50% of Americans are going to run out of money before they run out of retirement. So we do need to do a better job of putting money aside. We then need to do a better job once we have that money of protecting the money and creating a plan that will allow us to reduce or eliminate the various risks we're going to face in retirement and by doing so we can get ourselves to a point where we can enjoy those retirement years where the market can drop 20 30 40 percent inflation may be going up but we can have comfort that what we've put in place will allow us to get through these periods of time and that our family and ourselves will be in a good position even though it may be a little more difficult than it had been in the past, it will not completely destroy our retirement like it will be doing to so many of our friends and neighbors. That's our show. I'm Dave Hall. I've been your host. I look forward to seeing you next week where we bring guests back on the show to talk about risks that you're going to face during your retirement. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We come out with a new episode every Friday morning and you don't want to miss it. If you want to continue the conversation from our podcast, join Dave every Wednesday at 11am Central Time on the Retirement Risk Advisors Facebook page as he answers your retirement questions live. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show is to sign up for more than 15 free CPE retirement webinars. retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com to sign up for more than 15 free CPE retirement webinars.